Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the Waste Management Phoenix Open and the Saudi International. I'm your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Kevin. Hey, everybody. And Craig. Hi. <laughs> oh, Greg, we've got a real Ross right over there. Oh, hey guys, how's it going? Sunday brought you down or what? No, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to, you know, bring it in low and build from there. <laughs> okay, well, why don't Craig? Why don't you give us a quick tournament recap here? Okay, so uh, you know, biggest crowd we have seen in golf in a while. We yeah. were at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, TPC Scottsdale. Sonoran Desert, you know, I love this course. Usually it's the one that is raucous. Um, it felt like it at moments, but, you know, to me, the story of the tournament starts with Xander, ends with Brooks. Uh, Xander went out there, scorched out of the gates, 12 under through two rounds, yeah. shot the quietest 65 I think we've seen <laughs> in a while on Saturday. Yeah. And that was because Jordan Spieth happened. Jordan <laughs> yeah. Spieth shot a 61, 10 birdies, lowest round he's had since 2015. He turned back the clock. We saw a glimpse. Um, but unfortunately, neither of them brought their game on Sunday. Brooks Kepka took over 31 on his back nine. He had two eagles on the round, a, yeah. three birdies in a row on that back nine. An improbable, I would say, uh, eagle chip in on the 17th. <laughs> And he took it down. He, yeah. You know, he came to play, had missed three cuts in a row coming in, and first win since the 2019 FedEx St. Jude. So, you guys, three cuts coming in. Predictions? You guys saw this coming in? Uh, well, I mean, he was my stock down last week. <laughs> so, you know, clearly, as as I thought he might, Brooks, uh, an avid listener of the program, I believe I, I, that's what somebody told me anyways. Um, you know, I, I wanted that <laughs> to motivate him a little bit. Times kick back and, and listen to a good grandstand golf pod. I think. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So clearly he's at his motivation. Um, I'm hoping he, he brings out the Kevin Bapti clown shirt pretty soon <laughs> uh, after this, but no, obviously didn't see it coming. I, I don't even know if, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but until maybe, 15 i didn't even really think he was in contention for this tournament i know he was up there but i didn't really wasn't really thinking it was going to be him well i mean just because uh xander and jordan started so far ahead today i think we we thought it was gonna be one of those two um but brooks finished with a huge string of birdies on saturday and then yeah 15 you could kind of see because han was in his group and was the leader at the time when he splashed it i think uh whoever was on the course bones maybe said like Brooks is like a shark that just tasted blood for the first time. Like, here we go. Brooks feels it. Yeah, and his and approach at that point, was up in the lead by himself. Like, he was clear of everyone. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I actually thought – and so that was the one where Brooks hit it fairly tight uh, in two on the par five. And then he missed the eagle putt. And I was like, oh, like, I think he needed to make that one if he really wanted to to have a – you know, to charge here. Yeah. And – uh, I was wrong. He he tapped in his birdie and he managed to make the, make the eagle a couple holes later. Um, but yeah, it uh, it just felt like like Brooks. You know, I think sensing blood in the water is the best thing. But it, it felt to me like he saw this tournament felt like no one was going to go out and win it. Yeah, and he was for like, sure. well, like I'm good at winning golf tournaments. So if if no one's going to go out there and do this, I'll do this. You it, know? it did bring back memories to kind of like 2017, 2018, 2019 when he was Brooks, because he's got to be super frustrating. If you're a Brooks fan and a Brooks backer, you're like, 
if he has a sniff of the lead, you're like, okay, I'm confident. Like he wipes the putter and you, you feel confident in every stroke he kind of steps over with the ball. But if you're not, you're kind of like, why is this guy popping all of a sudden? Like, I haven't seen this at all. Like for five tournaments, why is he popping right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, in his post-round interview, he said he he actually likes the way he's been playing. He just I I really he liked his post-round interview. I, I did too, I, actually. I thought he was yeah. candid and showed a little bit of vulnerability, which is something you don't see from Brooks a whole lot. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you admitting that, perfect, that, but he said that he had been in really dark places mentally during yeah. his uh-huh. rehab recovery. Yeah, admitting that he didn't know if he was ever going to get back to physically where he was before. His knee, knee, right? So, if his knee would ever yeah. be the same as his other knee. Yeah, <clears throat> which and I, I mean, that's... If that, it, that it's a huge, a huge thing. If you're not comfortable with your body, um, you can't take you can't take the aggressive swing that you're used to taking. It changes everything. It just totally throws you out of whack. So, um, yeah. But, but I, I, and I think beyond that, I think sometimes we underestimate the mental impact of these guys going through physical rehab like it is it is very very draining on them to know that they have the ability but then to not know whether they're going to get back to there because of an injury the first time in their lives probably their body has not done what they want it to do and then not knowing whether you're ever going to get back to what you think you are capable of I, I think that's yeah It's a scary place that you can go to mentally, I think. You know, one thing I will say about Brooks winning this time is I I struggle to think of a time where one shot was so clearly what won it for him as in this case. Like that chip in, I think at the time, put him too clear of the lead. Um, But all of a sudden it was like if those guys behind want to catch him they need to start making bird mm-hmm. like they need to start going on birdie runs here yeah um yeah. you know even if he just if he if he just birdied that hole he would have had to birdie 18 to kind of really set a bar that people had to get to to get to 19 but yeah, right right um you know by getting to 19 there and then he, he not birdying 18 he, he was already there and uh you know a couple guys had a chance obviously Shoffley had a chance until he he uh, put in the drink on 17 there, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, what a And I think shot we need to move on to, to Shoffley, but before we do, I think the one thing that to me about Brooks, what you were saying, how it didn't really ever feel like he was in contention. Like he was, so I have, I have his round rankings. After the first round, he was 21st. After the second round, he was eighth. After the third round, he was still only seventh. And then it like it really was not yeah. until very very late on Sunday that it even felt like Brooks was in in contention in this well, tournament. I mean, honestly, until he chipped that one in, I didn't think it, he was gonna. Well, he I, I felt like he made birdie there, like like what you were saying, right? If, if, he, made if birdie, you want birdie, birdie, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. he would have been in good shape, yeah. but you know, obviously chipping in that that changed everything right well, there. I mean, a quick well, aside, I think... the tournament. That that closing stretch of 15, a gettable par five, 16, which is actually a pretty easy par three, but it plays He's like to make a mistake too. But, but it, it yeah. plays point yeah, three yeah. Uh, harder just because of like the environment than a typical uh, par three of that yardage. And then 17, we love that drivable par four, but it's a tricky green complexes with those hills right in front of it and the water left. And then 18 has been kind of gettable all tournament. Great, great close. I really like this tournament for. The drama down the stretch because you, you feel like you're in it if you have a couple holes and a couple and strokes to make risk, up high reward shot yeah. which like to me ultimately you have those type of shots coming down the stretch it makes for good entertaining golf yeah, yeah. um but xander i think xander's the next you know we'll get to spieth 
Uh, <laughs> I think Xander, I mean, yeah, I would say he's the story too of the tournament. I mean, he looked so dominating all the way through and just was, I mean, flat on Sunday. Like, complete, his his short game was kind of atrocious. I love Xander. Like, I'm a huge Xander fan. But it was kind of, uh, this sounds harsh, but kind of pathetic, his performance on Sunday. Like, and it's becoming it's becoming a trend now. You know, we, we've talked about it before. Uh, this is now his eighth second place finish since the last time he won. Uh, what is he now? 0 for 4 with yeah. 54 hole leads. Um, it, I still don't. I mean, yeah, going out there and shooting 71 today, it, it just it makes it feel like there's something that's keeping him from being himself when he's sleeping on the lead. Yeah, yeah, scoring average is about 69, about two strokes uh, better than par. So he, and Xander's as a leader, average was 66 on the, or 65 on 65 the all week. Yeah. So it's obviously a course he can get. And so I agree. I think there is something, something else that's there. He, he even alluded to it in his, his comments after the round that, you know, it, it does get a little tight in the last group and you feel it, you feel the nerves a little bit more. And, um, you know, I think his comment was that he's going to lick his wounds and he's going to get get back out there. But, um, yeah, it's it's something. He started. I mean, he was one over on the front nine. He was two over through seven. Um, yeah. Finally made his first birdie on nine, but you know, he he was totally stuck in neutral all day. Yeah, and I think for all the success that Xander has had up till now, I think he's still in the process of learning how to win. Like, obviously, he has won, and, yeah, and I, I get that. Fair. But it's like winning in a way that, like, say, a DJ does, where, you know, when you're up in tournaments like this, or like a Brooks does. Like, if Brooks is there, he closes it out. And, and Xander just doesn't quite um, know how to manage the 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 process of of closing out and and using your talent to get wins well he didn't have to do anything special like at the end of the day if we look back which is i mean easier said than done but he only had to go two under to get the win today you're playing with jordan spieth where you can see that kind of going off the rails a little bit i like i don't know if it's i love xander he's such a nice guy he's got like that he's so well respected with his peers and he's got that kind of nice like uh smile and it seems like always like Maybe he needs like that killer instinct a little bit. Like maybe being a little bit pissed off, like maybe that could help him with building a couple of these losses and then coming out kind of tasting that so, ball like Brooks so, does. And he was still like, he still had a chance to down the stretch. So absolutely was the, was the par five, the first one in the back. He had a bad chip. He was around the green. He had a bad chip, ended up missing his birdie putt, uh, you know, made par uh, on a hole. He should have birdied. Yeah. 14. Drove it left into that cactus. A bad, bad miss left. Like that. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know if yeah, You guys saw yeah, the shot tracker. Yeah. That one kept going. The ways left. Um, made a bogey out of there. Had to take a drop. Almost saved. Um, oh, he had an absolute bomb off the tee on 15. Yeah. Ended up just short, which I think that is a tough hole to hit into because you saw with Spieth how yeah, it can run through. It, you want to be short. You, short. You have to. Yeah. You yeah. have to skip up. Like you have to land short yeah. and skip up. Th- and that was fine. That, that he was played fine. That he, fine. He, he got his birdie. Yeah, yeah. Um, he played 16. He had a great shot in there and converted. Great the putt. shot to me when he made that putt. I thought, but I thought he was, gonna, he rattled that putt in like. It was kind of a weird. He knew the line well, because he I think he, he, yeah, he always he smashes them. But he yeah. like that one really rattled in. I don't know that. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Continue. Continue. But then seventeen. I mean, that's that's where you go from just making that putt 
I don't know if you were the last one to putt out, but it was very quick from there till when he was teeing off on it 17. It seemed super rushed. I was going to bring that up as well. And yeah. and just from the moment he hit it, it was it was left in that water. And um, I, I forget exactly pre- what preceded that on the coverage, but it cut almost right to as he was driving. Like, yeah. It wasn't like him standing over. So you almost wonder if he should, like, that's a huge, that's the shot of the tournament right there, um, just because of how poor it could turn out. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I mean, there was a lot. It was a fairly clustered leaderboard. Like there was still, I think KH Lee was still relevant at that point. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like there was a lot they were trying to squeeze in. I, I won't give too much forgiveness to the networks, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Ultimately that you can't hit that shot. Like Brooks, think about what Brooks did. Brooks never gave himself a chance. Like he should not. Brooks's ego there was ridiculous that that dropped yeah Um, he played that to make a birdie he played that to be safe and give himself a chance to make a birdie and that's what like xander should be throwing that thing so far out into that gully on the right that uh it doesn't bring that into play yeah i totally agree he had no business being anywhere close to that water if if you take a club even if you take a club less and and you know, take the water completely out of play. I don't mind that. I know there's that centerline bunker that that kind of brings into play if you do that, but just take the water out of it. And then you're, he's, he's good. And I guess he was struggling with his touch all around though. So maybe he didn't want to leave a, a little 70 yard pit or 60 yard pitch or something into a tough yeah. green. Well, but, that's another thing. He still could have gone up and down and then birdie 18 yeah. to, to yeah. force the playoff. And then his, his third after the drop on 17 was was really bad. Like, he left that it a good 25 bad. feet short, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then almost jarred his approach on 18. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> and then, like, needed to make eagle. And it's like, <laughs> oh, like, you never see, you know, you never really sweat that. And that thing looked good for a while. That must uh, have been right on top of the pin. <laughs> on top I, was of sitting, like... I was sitting on the couch with my... My youngest, who had just woken up from his nap, and I was like, he's got to hold this. He's got to hold this, Tom. You think he's going to do it? I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it, Tom. <laughs> and I was always right. <laughs> I just had a feeling. He get, he definitely gave it a shot. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Adam, moving on. So, okay, do we talk about story, possibly story one for some people, story three for us. I guess we're going into Jordan Spieth. Goes absolutely crazy on Saturday with a 61. Doesn't hit a fairway all tournament, it seems like. And then uh, as kind of maybe predicted with some of his heroics with a chip in, huge putts uh, throughout the first three days uh, that he couldn't continue that into Sunday. Well, well, first, I think first off, Saturday, like let's unpack, let's unpack the whole weekend, the the whole tournament for Jordan. Go Saturday ahead, was yeah. special. Like that was, yeah. Jordan Spieth, he had five wins in 2015. He hasn't looked like that. Like that was the last time he shot a 61 too, was in 2015. Um, we haven't seen that kind of energy from him on the golf course in a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and let's face it, like, they, like Jordan Spieth fans were, they were like, Free basing on Saturday there. They, that, that was the that was the fix they've been looking for yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So you know, give them give them that. That was That's like a junkie who hasn't had their fix in years and they are going with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, and not just like yes, he dropped some bombs of a putt, chipped in. His approach play was outstanding. Uh, he was all over the course yeah, and he, yeah. he stuck it from places he made, he hit to the middle of greens from places he shouldn't have and then dropped those putts. Uh, it was just all kinds of special. And then of course he had like 
they they made the comment that he's only made he's been hit so close he's only made like 53 foot like feet of putt so far i think this is on <laughs> yeah. on it's as like... he hits into 16 and then <laughs> he drops the bomb and drops another bomb on, on 17 yeah. Well, and I think he ended up with like 125 or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, somewhere but then around there. Sounds that's right. not even counting that 68 foot chip he had on or whatever or... it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's got like almost 200 <laughs> feet of hold short game shots. I mean, it, it was it was awesome to see. Twitter was blowing up. Do we? Do I even ask the question? Is, is this? Um, a is Jordan back or B is, B is it a step in like a really big step in his comeback? I think it is for sure. He's, he's, he's going to gain, gain so much confidence from this that I think for sure it's an important step in his comeback. Yeah. I, I also think he's not there yet, but um, I think the confidence that he'll gain from this is going to, is going to accelerate the process of him coming back. And let's face it, golf is better with him in the mix. Yeah. It just is. Um, he energizes the crowd, you know, how much we'll have crowds in the next few months. I don't know, but, uh, he energizes the crowd like few other people outside of Tiger Woods. Um, yeah. You know, it, I, I have to admit that when Spieth first became like kind of big, when he was on his hot streak there, I was in my, I was kind of in my Tiger Woods morning period <laughs> <laughs> where it looked like Tiger might not be coming back. I wasn't watching as much golf. Maybe, maybe begrudge Spieth a little bit for being this young hot shot who is winning right off the bat with. Well, with... I didn't, I didn't like Spieth. Like I cheered against Spieth because he was just like the classic to me. Like this guy needs to go through some adversity. It came too pain. easy, too like, fast. He's 21 yeah. years old and he now is just like win, 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 you know, yeah. like, and it seemed like he was making ridiculous shots and getting ridiculous breaks on such a regular basis that but, I but think, having I think heard... maybe he might've borrowed from, from future years there for a while. <laughs> and and hopefully he's paid fans, his debt. Though? Having heard Spieth fans explain why they love watching Spieth so much, and then watching him, clearly he's just working his ass off trying to get back. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he has gone through that adversity now. He's such a character. And, and like, his game, his game is just, like, it's almost greater than the sum of its parts, you know? Like, he just mm-hmm. seems to have yeah. a way of, like, of... Moments. He has moments. All in the hole. Yeah. Like, and, and that's... Um, it's so entertaining to watch. And I truthfully, I you know I I will get to it later, but I did pick Xander to win this week, so I was kind of pulling for Xander, but I would have been really happy to see Spieth win too, and and was a little disappointed he wasn't the, the able thing to kind of Spieth, create some magic on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. The thing with Spieth that I always kind of go back and forth is is like his his weird moments of like I think it was the open where he pointed to Gellerman, he's like you go get that after like he drained a big big pot yeah. or you know like that famous GIF or the famous like yeah. video, and then again on set on seventeen on Saturday he's kind of like pointing at the crowd and like i don't really like i have really mixed emotions like why why do you need to do that but i love i love his honesty the past couple years of him like struggling so i i've I've grown a a brand new appreciation which i think you guys have as well but i I don't understand those moments like why are you think with every with him struggling and everyone asking, everyone being asked about him, you see how much respect he has from other tour pros. Yeah. Um, not just for like what his game was and and maybe will be again, but just for like what kind of guy he is. Uh, and, and I think that's that's makes it easier to cheer for a guy. Um, yeah. 
Now, the one thing, I don't remember, Adam, if this was this week or if it was before the farmers, but we were talking about Ricky and Spieth, and we were saying how, like, I'm not I'm not ready to roster them tournament long. I might start to take shots at them in showdowns because well, you feel like you're going to see them pop off in rounds before you are going to see yeah. them, you know, put together a tournament. And I, I didn't take a shot with Spieth on Saturday, but boy, am I wishing I did. I kind of think I said that I would rather be early with with Ricky and then wait to see with Jordan, which now I kind of feel silly about, but Jordan, I think went from 50 plus to win the masters on Friday night to 25 to one on Sunday morning. Like he slashes. Those sports book are protecting their bottom lines. Listen, he's got some history at that course. He, uh, I I think he's flashed at Augusta before, so they're probably smart to do it. And I think 100%. until this week, um, Ricky was the safer bet that he would be the one to get back into form first. Because we, we have seen more signs of life from him, I think, in the last you yeah. know, few months than we had seen from Jordan until this week. So uh, pretty pretty cool story to come out of the Before, uh, random waste management open. 100%. Before we move yeah. on to the rest of the leaderboard, uh, Scotty Scheffler, last one of the final group. Any thoughts, any kind of quick thoughts on him? Uh, my quick thought is that I, you know, he's, I think he had missed two cuts in a row coming in here. So, you know, I think he probably had a disappointing Sunday based on what he was hoping for. But overall, I think this is probably a step in the right direction. Um, there, I don't know what was, why he was missing cuts there, but, um, you know, obviously a good, strong top 10 anyways. Yeah, I think, so to me, he had an eagle putt on 13. Um, so, <sighs> It felt like he had a chance to make noise on Sunday. Uh, he made the birdie on 15 when he was right beside Xander Short, and he didn't actually have the best chip, but he, he managed to squeak his birdie putt in there. And then he had the bogey on 16 uh, that, you know, like, you got to... He was two back going into there. So if even if he pars there, he's got a birdie 17 and 18. So it's just a, it's a kind of bogey that knocks you out of the tournament. And... Yeah. Uh, we need to see Scotty get a win. I think we're seeing, you know, his form last summer, it seemed like it was going to be any week. We haven't seen him that good for a while. So hopefully this is him starting to come back into form. Yeah. So moving. Okay. So the final group. <laughs> yeah. The final group. So you, you agree. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm just moving on. I'm trying to keep the, I'm trying to keep the show going here. All right. The final group seemed like nobody wanted to get it. A couple of guys that looked like they did. They really wanted it. James Hahn lit up the front nine he wanted it very badly unfortunately he didn't realize there was some more holes that still had to be played yeah back nine water comes into play i don't know if he took a peek at the leaderboard but it just went off the rails quickly it was a very quick rise i think he had a three clear or at least two clear of he was three clear he He was was at 19 and the no no one else was at 17 at one point yeah and makes a turn and i think four bodies uh, bogeys down the stretch. Um, hard to see. I, I picked him in our Saturday night show for the final round, and I was doing my victory lap a little bit early. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat prematurely. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts with uh, James Hahn there? Well, I mean, typically the back nine played easier this week. Yes, I think every, I think every day. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I was following some other guys, and whether they were starting on the front or the back was a big difference because i think yeah. the back was where you could kind of make your hay but um he made he made his on the front 
today. And so you figure he's just going to cruise into the back if he's playing that well. And obviously, um, did not take advantage of the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. After, because so, what he got to six under at 10 and then four, four bogeys coming home. Yeah. 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 So, so I have, uh, you know, I track as I'm watching, I track uh, about 15 guys. It, you know, as, as random people start to go off and shoot rounds, they get tacked onto the bottom of the list. But of, of about the 15 guys I had who, you know, were in, in about the top 10, top 15 at the end of the tournament, um, no one else had a bogey on 13. No one else had a bogey on 15. Those are two par oh, fives yeah, on the back. Yeah. Um, he drove it in the water on 13. He had his second shot his go approach. in the water on 15. But even other people who had, you know, like Spieth put it in the water on 15 too off the, off his drive. But he managed, like, he, he got it done and he saved his par. So, like, though, those are bad swings. But you still need to find ways, if like, if you, you do need to go up it, and down. Like, yeah, like Xander did in on 17 as well. You need to, when, if you hit the water, you need to go up and down pretty much. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's, you were going to make, like you're taking that penalty stroke and you still wouldn't have made a birdie. So like you, you just gotta, um, yeah, you, you, you gotta, if, if you want to win, you, you need to be a little tighter than that and you need to yeah. take advantage of part fives. Yeah. Another guy, KH Lee was brought up on our Thursday night show. I was like, uh, someone brought up in our chat and I said, I, I don't know. Like, I think he'll be popular. Maybe too much ownership. I don't know if he can sustain it. He went 66, 66, 66, 68. It wasn't until his final putt on 18 on Sunday that he was truly he out, was of out of the turn. Yeah. It was kind of crazy how he hung in there. Like, any thoughts on KH Lee? Yeah, I unfortunately I can't remember who that was that brought him up in the chat, but uh, I hope they were playing him in showdowns on, no on Friday and Saturday because he he was he was great. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think it's a good. Ultimately, he ended up tied for second with Xander. I think that's a really good finish for him. Um, I don't I don't have a ton of thoughts other than like yeah. props to him. He played yeah. well all week. He he took care of his business. He you know say. Say Brooks, that improbable eagle chip doesn't go in. And, yeah. you know, he, he manages to bang a birdie. Cage Lee finds himself in the playoff to, to have a shot at this thing. Yeah. That was such a hard chip that he made. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> like, that's what's up over a mound. It's a tough up, up and down. Line. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's unreal. Uh, and KH Lee, that putt looked like it was good for a long time on 18. It did. I know. Until it's that like, guy, whoever walked in front. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it did go in. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> ah, come on, whoever that come was. <laughs> okay, so I think all the other notables on the leaderboard we will touch on later. So if you're watching on YouTube, download our podcast. You can catch. If, if you're wondering why we didn't talk about someone, we're going to talk about them in a little bit here. But are we good to move on here from the from the leaderboard? Yeah, I think so. Okay, guys, there was another uh, pretty large sporting event on Sunday, at least in North America. The big game. The Puppy Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The Super Bowl. I, so, I don't think you can say that. I think you're supposed to say the big game. Oh, the big game. Am I going to get sued? Uh, I think so. That's no, this was my bowl of cereal I had. It was really big. I, I would it say it's so big, I call it, it super. It was a superb owl you saw out there today. But there was some pigskin match. Um, Tom Brady got the win. So I have a couple of questions. Who will is rapid fire questions here? Okay, so keep it quick. I know you two like to explain. Yeah, let's keep it quick. Who will win more trophies? We have Brady with seven, or Brooks currently at four. And I'm counting majors here. Brady. 
Well, I think we really need to take this further. No, I'm, uh, I'm going. I'm going Tom Brady. Uh, I, I don't think Brooks gets. What What do we do in the push? No, I, I don't think Brooks. Are we gets saying to Brady's going to stop think... at seven? That's. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I don't know. I that's for you. I think he'll come back. That's for you to unpack. He said he's coming back. Okay, this one. I thought I might bait you guys there, but okay. How about this one? DJ or Brady? With majors. Yeah. Oh. I'm going with Brady. Don't go me into that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think. Just because, just because Dustin might win the next six, I'm not going <laughs> to bank on that right now. I think Rory is the only person that could threaten, like, of active players. You don't think Spieth after that 61? Okay, 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 yeah. Let, let me okay, move on so here. We might, me, be, we might let me, be ruining your your. Let question. me move on here. Another Tom Brady one. So Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl rings. Does he have more rings than you guys have personal eagles on the golf course? Uh, yes. I will say you... I'll say yes as well. Sadly, <laughs> pretty easily I'll say yes. I mean, I don't get to golf like I golf. I don't think so. I think I'm. You you probably would have more than that. Yeah, Kev. yeah. You've been, you've been playing better golf much longer than any of us have. More it's rounds been, at a been better clip. A long time though. Because <laughs> I would want to. I I would say I'd maybe pushing five. I, I mean, I I can't get it off the tee, so it's really hard for me to convert. And you don't hit you don't hit drivers. My so three iron maxes out at two forty. Three iron into par fives. <laughs> Okay, it's moving Adam's, on. It's Adam's protest of the distance debate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to partake. <laughs> At one point on the broadcast, uh, Bone said he has Xander Pencilin for three majors. Spieth currently has three. They're both 27. Who ends up with more? I think the safe bet is Spieth. Yeah, the safe money would be on Spieth for sure. I'd want some, some pretty nice odds for Xander there. Oh, I'm not giving you odds. I'm just, I'm just saying. No, but like yeah. I, I think I think if you were to to be a bookmaker, I think you're you're gonna have to give odds. I'm not saying you have to give odds. I'm saying that like you wouldn't. It's not an even minus one hundred five so plus one hundred five. I don't know. I, what you I feel like you're downplaying how hard it is to yeah, win majors. I'm not. It's it's more of a question if you believe Bones that he'll get three, and if you think Spieth will win again. Like That's kind of the. Uh, how many majors does Phil have? Four, Four five. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up here. Like that, he he's he's playing against Tiger talented. though. What's that? He's playing against Tiger the whole time. And he like he he underachieved in majors. Um, I mean, clearly whereas, like, someone it's like easier. Brooks, someone like Brooks overachieves, has overachieved thus far. Phil, I mean, how many second places does Phil have? But that's the thing; it's hard to win majors. Yeah, and that's what he has. He has five. Majors. So he, Phil has five. I'm not going to come back in 2040 and hold you guys accountable to these answers. I'm just trying to get some good questions. Uh... <laughs> well, you haven't brought out my boy yet. Okay, I have one, I have one final I question. Think I, okay, you want, you want to take? I think Rory McIlroy beats Tom Brady. How many does Rory have right oh, now? Four. Uh, four. That doesn't seem that hard of a take. Not, not push it. <laughs> so I'm saying the latter, the back nine of Rory's career, he gets more than the front nine. On the Scoville unit, that's like a Franks. That's barely tickling my tongue there. That's a hot take. Give me a <laughs> that, sounds like Sounds like we might need to, to put something on this. Okay, I'll think we, about we, that. We, we, we won't be able to, to pay out for like 20 years. <laughs> 15 years, maybe. Inflation's not worth it. 
Okay, last one here, because I don't think we're going to talk about him. Andrew Putnam played 72 holes at TPC Scottsdale without a bogey. So going back to your personal game, what do you think the longest stretch of holes that you have gone without a bogey in your life? <laughs> I think mine's at like three. I No, I maybe... no. I know actually for, for sure it's eight. And that's on a legit course. I had eight parts in a row. Hard, I have a hard time thinking that I had more than four or five. I'm volatile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I, know, just mean like my physical golf game. <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever got nine holes without one. That surprises me. Because you've had nine holes. I mean, I guess I've had nine holes under par, but par. yeah, I've I've never. Uh, that's what I, I, I think. There's always been Given some back, maybe you know. maybe once maybe once. Yeah, anyway. Anyways, a couple of trivia questions. Let's move on. But my Let's... game, I, I have not yet reached. I may be past my physical prime, but my golfing prime has yet to arrive. I mean, if you want to go yeah. to the listeners and give like a 30 seconds on your golf game to clear it up, I'm happy to give you that time. I'm, I'll say I'm a 15 to 20 handicap. I can't get off the tree. I spray my driver every time and I play... I was a junior golfer, and I played maybe 10 or so rounds a year for my life. That's the so level think, of golfer I am. I think that explains it right there when Adam was saying it was a little Freudian slip. He said he can't get off the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, setting the stage. So, Ke- so, Kev, what do you got? Well, I think at my best, my best is when we were working on the grounds crew, and I, we were probably playing – 40 to 50 rounds a year. Um, I probably got my handicap down to around, you know, four or six, something like that. that Never kept an official five, handicap. Five to um, ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's different, but the same. <laughs> um, and since I'm probably up, I'm probably up around like a, a 10 now yeah. at, at best. Um, yeah, I think the problem for me in those years that we were getting so many rounds in is a lot of those rounds I was not necessarily – taking care of my body and playing in the clearest, <laughs> clearest mind yeah. frames. But, um, there were yeah. relaxation rounds of golf, a lot yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my biggest problem has always been consistency right now. It's for sure that I don't practice it. My short. Okay. That's 30 time. seconds. Yeah, you're, you're gone. We don't have to hear about your practice this year. Right? <laughs> uh, so I, I, so I feel like I at one point was a pretty good ball striker. Uh, a bit of a, I wouldn't even say Corey Connors, but like a, my level of someone who just like my, as soon as I'm around a green, I would find ways to, <laughs> ways to lose strokes. Um, it didn't help that like the game, my standing game with my best buddy was the only, like we paid out birdies at $5 and eagles at 50. So like I never actually was trying, like we would have matches during the match, but like if you were making birdies, you were coming out ahead. So like I, I it really got me out of the habit of like trying to actually just play smart golf and like all yeah, you, yeah. all I would do is hit at pins. Um and you guys but, putted everything out, right? No gimmies? We putted everything out, yeah. I remember um, that. But since I broke my collarbone, my my golf game has not recovered. So this is gonna be the season. This is gonna be the season where I, I get back into it and and tidy her up again. See now that is a hot take if I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking the back nine of my golf career is gonna be much better. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we should move on. Let's do three stars. Third star for the week, Steve Stricker. 
Nice. Game, game out there blazing. Like he finished T4, 65, 66, 69, 67. Clean under 70 each four rounds. So he's the oldest player to finish top five at a PGA Tour event since Tom Watson, 2009 Open Championship. Uh, Steve is 53 years, 11 months. Tom at that Open was 59. So he's the oldest since then. Um, it's also the best finish for Stricker since his fourth at the Open Championship in 2016 at Royal Troon. So 2016 is the last time I think he, I think he has a fifth, but that first time fourth or better. So awesome, awesome tournament for Steve Stricker. He was actually in it well, the whole time. Say, like he was playing with Brooks and until like on 17, he looked like he was in better shape. And yeah, that's right. Brooks, Brooks just jarred that, you know, probably rattled like Stricker's like, oh, I went from thinking I had a chance to win this thing to all of a sudden I it, maybe not so much. But yeah, he was in this thing till, till the very end. So yeah. talk about a guy who knows what to do on a Sunday. He was he started at 13. So he was five back going in. It was going to always be a bit of a stretch for him to to post a super low number and win. But he hit 18 of 18 greens today. That's awesome. Yeah. Like that's awesome. That yeah. is like that is like veteran savvy. You know, it's like the <laughs> it's like the old man strength that yeah. I'm hoping I will get one. Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I don't know if you mentioned it, wife on the bag. I always love I always yeah. love it when these old guys they're just like, "Oh man, I'm going to be out on the golf course. Like this is the person I spend my life with. Might as well yeah. might as well get coached up." I think I think Lee, I think of Lee Westwood, uh he's had his wife on his bag. Um I told that to my wife and she I'm like, "That's nice. Like they get to spend all the time together." She's like, "Yeah, I guess so." I think she's I think that's just a hint that she's getting a little bit sick of me in this lockdown. <laughs> she's like, I don't know COVID's if I go. Going... hard, man. COVID's been hard on everyone. I think I, I will say the resort. I also saw a thing on social media of uh, Stricker's uh, daughters doing interviews on the driving range at a uh, Champions Tour event. It was pretty good. He's obviously just, a, so. Like apparently, one of them like beat him or was close to beating him, and it like rattled him. <laughs> I didn't hear that story. Well, but... uh, one is like in university golf, right? Yeah, like they're they're players. Yeah. Well, cl- clearly, if they're if they're giving them a, a, a go down the stretch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Second star, Dustin Johnson, won the Saudi International. He's won there. He's got second there. He won there again. Um, you might have seen the clip of. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Anyways, atrocious buddy. He got the win, guys. His last nine events, he has been first or second six times. And that in those those nine events include the Masters, U.S. Open, PGA Championship, and three playoff events. He's not, been, not exactly like opposite fields. He's been first or second six yeah. of nine. It's absolutely you know, absurd the run he is on. Craig and I were chatting today, and, and Craig brought up Rory talking about how when Rory's firing on all cylinders, there's there's nobody better and. Dustin Johnson could give him a run for his money if he was firing on all cylinders too. Those Absolutely. guys, those are the guys right now in golf that I I want to see both of them have like a both of them at their peak tournament going nose to nose. Like you know what, tune into Augusta this year. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I I think Rory needs to get. A, if I, we... I think they and like it's always a bit cheesy to say 
when they're fighting on all cylinders because it's just like golf is hard and and yeah. everyone always has things they're battling but like to me those are the two guys when they when they have their a game that their a game is at the highest level it's it's just a little bit better than everybody else's i think yeah. and it's not that other people aren't close but but i think they're kind of the first the first tier yeah no, we're, I mean we're splitting hairs with that for sure. These when it comes to the top five in the world, yeah. like yeah, they're yeah, all very Ron, good. Ron, uh, JT, Xander, like those it's, those guys' A game is pretty darn competitive. With, I, th- I think the, the I think DJ's a clear one. I think two is pretty arguable. Maybe a, about five guys. Um, right I, I just now, don't think right Rory, now. Rory, Rory, yeah, right now. I, yes, I, I yes, yes. agree. Sorry. I, I can't believe I'm the one that brought Rory into this debate at all. Craig's <laughs> been trying to bring job. him up all show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. I'm sorry. Let's yeah, move Justin on. Johnson, great week. <laughs> okay. Well, well first done. star, Brooks Kepka. Brooks is back. Uh, I just have one stat. We talked about Brooks for a while. I have one stat. Uh, prior to his 68 on Thursday, it had been three tournaments and 82 days since Brooks' la- <laughs> Brooks' last professional round in the 60s. Three tournaments, 82 days. It was the Masters on Saturday, his last uh, round in the 60s. Um, So, yeah, he he hadn't been playing good, even though I picked him last week and it did not turn out well. But that was a great, great tournament. He's the first star. So do you think he's, like, wasted some of his swagger winning this non-major event, though? (laughs) Should he have bottled it up for the the Masters? No, it's the People's Open. you know, we, we said it about Spieth, but I think it's true for Brooks. Like, I think golf is better when Brooks is playing good golf. Um, he He's, yeah, you know, I agree. Some, oftentimes golf feels like all the characters are so similar because there's the, there's the golfer type and, and Brooks is just like different. Country and it, club, it, yeah. It's nice to have different characters around the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> okay, moving on to our DFS Picks segment here. We'll go through our pick sheet first. This is posted on Twitter every Wednesday. So let's just go through it, guys. I don't know if it's our best showing we've had in a while, but hey, whoa, I, I was feeling pretty good about my picks there most of the week. Yeah, man. Look at look at Kevin's winner sleeper. Okay, winner. Oh, sorry, winner. winner. Sorry, picked one of the best players in the world, Xander. Great. <laughs> Bad. Through three rounds looked like it was a fantastic pick. Okay, now that no one's telling you you need to take twenty to one shots to win. Okay, now that I look at your column, it does look pretty clean. I'm, I'm going to say that. <laughs> Sleeper, I picked Carlos Ortiz T4. Yeah. He posted for a while there. I thought yeah. before Kepka chipped in, maybe he had a shot. I, I I actually have a hard time believing Carlos Ortiz was 91, but that is true. So he was a sleeper. <laughs> so well, yeah, props, we'll talk props. about that later on, but. Uh, Fade Harris English miscut. Yep, yep. Props. One of the uh, highest miscuts. Corey Connors nailed it. Nailed now it. I wish my one and done. I was, was going to say the one that we keep track of year long though. <laughs> so all the ones that really matter it comes down to the one and done. Hideki. Hideki couldn't couldn't buy a putt this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just and, and one thing here. So my my winner. Um, I picked JT. Uh, he was also the guy I picked on our DFS pick show. Uh, you know, disappointing Sunday for him, but he he's dealing with real life stuff. So, yeah. I mean, for him to go out there and play golf today would have been hard. Uh, if you don't know, I, I'm pretty sure it's his grandpa passed away last night. Um, so, man, like, yeah. yeah. I, I think this is the, if, if that had not happened with the way scoring went, yeah. JT 
he could have he could have been the one that charged because he, he, he was in yeah. position. Uh, I think he started 14, 13 or fourteen yeah, to start it, the day. It was no, he was fourteen. Yes, yeah, so he he easily could have been the one that went out there and and did what Brooks did. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, wasn't it wasn't about golf for him today? Clearly, tough day for him. His dad's dad, I believe, and a uh, pretty strong connection. Obviously, his dad, but I think with golf with his grandfather as well. So. Um, yeah. yeah, was he a golf pro as well? Like I know his dad is a is a pro. I think at one point they said that uh, his dad and his grandfather won like a, a tournament like twenty yeah, years ago or I something. Thought, I thought they had said that. Um, like so, I, I forget exactly what the tournament was or what level, but um, um, yeah, clearly a golf golfer as well. So going down, or I mean, so I had Daniel Berger as my one and done, and winner missed cut. I might go into that a little bit later because that one cut. Deep that miscut cut deep. Um, sleeper, I, I have not seen you so rattled about a miscut in a while. I <laughs> usually let that, that one on Friday. Adam Adam's streak of uh, one and done without just, missing the cut. It ended in a shattering. I don't know why it just it it got to me. It got to me. I Kevin sorry to single you up, but it kind of felt like when the Vikings lose in the playoffs and you kind of had to take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, if I felt like that, I felt like I had to get out of the house. Val's, Val's at, or my wife is asking what's wrong. Um, yeah, it just it, it got to me. I'm I'm rattled right now even thinking about it. But we we we're doing our live shows on you know after the rounds for showdown. Uh, Adam basically just wanted to rant about Burger missing the cut the whole time. <laughs> like, oh. We just gotta put this behind us and move forward, man. I still have to move on. Okay, sleeper Matt Jones T30 Martin Lair. That's a, a, a miss cut. Yes, yeah. Okay, anything of note? I think Craig wins the one and done. Uh, a guy that Wally, but surely wouldn't necessarily make a one and done. I mean, you kind of think about fifty players, top fifty in the world. You went Corey Connors. Well, and I was telling Kevin, uh, my process of getting there was when you had picked him on our DFS show, <laughs> and I was like, man, like actually, I, I do like that pick quite a bit. And then I looked a little more into it as I was trying to figure out. You know, there's still guys I have up near the top of this. Um, field that i could use but i just don't want to use him for this tournament and he was the first one that i was like yeah i like this guy his form coming in and he's got a decent shot would have liked to see him sneak a little bit higher up the board but uh pretty happy with the top 20 yeah i think you should you should take that (laughs) yeah 100k paid (laughs) when i used like probably the lowest value guy of the three maybe and i got the most back i'll take it absolutely 100k yeah so Craig, Craig creeps up a little bit there. So one and done update. We start at the Safeway Open. We're doing the wraparound season. So Craig's at 1.6 million. Kevin's at 2.1 million. And I am at 2.5 million. Get a winner. Everyone's still in shot. Everyone's still yeah. within a winner's strike. Big purse is coming less, up Less too. than a million separating separating the field. So Any man's game. Uh, what, probably a third of the way through the season or something? I think around there. But we got four major. Big we got purses to come. Big players, purses to come. Big purses to come. Okay, good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets, our betting segment, how things went for us for the weekend. Craig, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, I had a pretty good week, actually. Um, So the one that I thought was going to be the make or break one for me was my Friday showdown. I was just killing it. And then, or sorry, no, uh, Saturday. And then uh, Jordan Spieth just came and blew up everything I had on the table. So um, unfortunately did not kill it on on that one, but ended up good returns on, uh, yeah, I play on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, 
bit of squeaked in my I, I just do single entry over on FanDuel yeah. squeaked it in it was a, a Xander JT stack um, and it actually it was looking really good for a while because it had James James Hahn down the ticket nice. uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't a six of six so it was it was a five of six so I I ended up just squeaking in to, to keep a cash there to single entries always have a little bit better you know oh, yeah, just cashing yeah. they give you better yeah. returns um, but then DraftKings I had six of six uh, that was Xander Brooks um, and, you know, both of them as it was coming to the finish line. I was talking to you about this, Adam. I was mm-hmm. like, I think actually for my, my DFS, I think it'd be better if Brooks win because his <laughs> yeah. ownership is way lower. But, like, yeah. I'm still cheering for Xander. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that, good week. It'll pay for at least uh, both both sites. It'll pay for a few weeks of, of play. There that's you go. Always, that's always what I want. Love to hear it. How about you, Kev? Yeah, mine didn't go so good. Um <laughs> I uh, mine was a bit like the Vikings in the playoffs, I guess. <laughs> no, sorry, I mean, no. sorry to bring that up. I don't want to. Yeah, that, that was Bounty Gate, by the way, is what you're talking about, right? <laughs> I, and I haven't let it go yet. No, yeah, that's um, a hard I, one. I, I uh, that is. Tough. I had uh, a couple bets that you know, I I stand by the process. Um, Ortiz is my long shot. I bet him. He played really well. He gave it a shot. So not with uh, an each way. No, he, not within each way. Five. Yeah. yeah, no, not within each way. Uh, I had Homa and Norlander to the top 20. Both those guys were kind of flirting with that number the whole day. I think Norlander uh, finished, finished He finished a shot out. Homa faded down the stretch a bit. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Didn't hit this week. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get back on the horse next week and... Yeah, well, I, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. Red bets, I would say bad bets too. It, it, burger. Made my my main lineup go from a six of six to a five of six, almost creeped in because it was anchored with Xander. Might have even got there if Xander got the win just barely into the green on DFS, but ultimately it was just a sliver outside. So that one stings. But Saudi International on our picks and sleepers show early in the week, uh, Craig and I uh, four picks, four sleepers, all eight made the cut. Played a single entry DraftKings top twenty there. I love that. Got a nice four X on that. So at least Yeah, although I feel like so the the Saudi International, mm-hmm. my sleepers did very well. They beat I I, I tweeted at you that my yeah, sleepers beat yeah, my yeah. picks. Uh the um what do you call this? Waste management. Uh my sleepers just absolutely uh fell off the map. Um and so yeah, it's just, how do you try to predict these things? I don't know. You just you just gotta trust the process, like Kevin says. It's process. not always gonna work out. You just no. gotta you know, you can't be outcome oriented and, and yeah. if Berger misses a cut, he misses a cut. Yeah. It's all about the majors anyways. That's where I always make my hay. <laughs> yeah, I gotta look forward. Look forward. Yeah. Craig talking about European tour though. You won the week uh, race of the buy fantasy uh, event or fantasy league that we're in, and that takes you to the top of the year-long leaderboard. Well, and then like if I'm at the top of the leaderboard at the end, do we give give some swag to number two, <laughs> or do I just do I just get it myself? I don't what? think we're going to give it to you, man. I'm sorry to say. Oh, yeah. Conflict um, of interest, or <laughs> yeah. So you couldn't roster Dustin Johnson there. You couldn't have him as a captain. So you pivoted to Tony, which I think was the best. I, I think he finished. Justin Rose would have gave you a second. Yeah. yeah. So same points. Uh, yeah. Come nice on, it's line. Tony. Where do you think he finished? <laughs> well, and and to me, it was I think like I, I thought Hatton, 
DeChambeau and Reed was coming off the win. So I like I thought DeChambeau is going to get lots of captain picks. And then I think Hatton is always going to get lots anytime he starts in the European tour. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I think Tony, like Tony's really been playing well. Um, yeah, he's probably not going to win it because it's, it's Tony. Tony. But, uh, <laughs> um, I, I like his chances and it worked out. Hey, it worked out. All right, guys. Stock up, stock down. Kevin, do you want to kick us off this time? Sure, yeah. I'll kick us off. So my stock up is uh, my boy Carlos Ortiz. Not yeah. officially my boy, of course, but Carlos Ortiz. Um, saw him, like you say, Adam, shocked to see him at 90 to 1. Shocked. I yeah. was like, well, that's a, that's a no-brainer sleeper for me. <laughs> um, so anyway, his last his last five tournaments now he well so he won since the at, houston at, in houston so right. since then he's gone t8 37th t14 t29 t4 so you know all those and and before he mm-hmm. won he had made two two consecutive cuts as well so he's made his last eight cuts um clearly playing at a very high level like he's yeah. not just sneaking in there he's he's competing once he makes the cut yeah yeah um he's just taking his game to the next level since he won he was 159th in the world when he won he's up to 45th in the world and a guy that i have no problem you know rostering and and expecting him to make a cut at all um with upside with upside so um upside of of popping and getting a win you know if you're looking for top 20 top 10 bets he seems to be a guy who's who's doing that these days there's a lot of cut makers that you don't really feel like they have that upside but he's definitely someone who has has the upside totally so you know he went low today shot a 64 to climb up to t4 like i said he posted so um wasn't quite enough but uh, it looked good there for a little bit, and I was happy to see him up there. It looked, it, it'll it, give me something to hope for. Yeah, it looked it looked really good, and um, I think I, I forget who tweeted it out, but it's I, I, it resonated with me. Someone said, "I think it's just time we accept that Ortiz is on a different tier than we currently have him." You know, like he has made that I step. Then we, then we have exactly. thought of yeah, yeah. The public has him at right now. He's a tier above that. You know. Yeah, and, yeah. and now just what you were saying, Kev. Like he, he was 159th. He went up to 65th with his win at Houston, and then he's moved up 20 spots since. Like, right, it, right. it doesn't seem like that. Like, it seems like, okay, 159 to 65th is a huge jump. The 65th to 45, like, to to move up 20 in that range, those, those are hard spots to win. Like, totally. you see you see people battling there for, for a long time to, to move up in that kind of range. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said, though. I think he's. we have to accept that he's not on the tier that most people are putting him on. Yeah. And if unless, you know, I'm not expecting to be able to have him as a sleeper anymore, but if they continue to put him in that range, I will okay. continue to bet on him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, moving down. So moving down, I have Mr. Harris English. Um, since his win right. at the Century Tournament of Champions, he has gone T32, and two missed cuts after that. So, um, you know, it's not really a, I, I think he's going to be just fine, but not really trending in the right direction right now. I did have him as my fade this week um, just because I, you know, was surprised to see him miss at the Farmers. I was w- just wondering if he's, you know, I, I don't know, just enjoying that win a little bit too much still or what's yeah. going on, but uh, doesn't really seem to be sharp right now. Um, so, you know, hopefully he turns it around here pretty quick, but 
Right now, I think he's trending down. It's it's a weird one because his win wasn't just like he popped. It seemed like he was trending that way for a long mm-hmm. time. Finally oh, got yeah. that win. And and when that happens, I feel like you kind of expect, okay, then like kind of come back, maybe a top 10, like kind of, maybe contend again soon after. But he has kind of like this sudden drop after. So I, I think mean, he's before just he probably won. been partying since. He just seems like the type that's just totally <laughs> lost focus. And, uh, no, before no, he won, he went, he went 10th. T28, T6, T5, and 1, yeah, right? So yeah. he was trending in that direction, and now he unfortunately seems to be trending the other way. So, But I think the other thing to me, and more so this week, like last week, I don't even know how he – like he, he shot a really bad Thursday at, at the Farmers, and then he actually played well on Friday yes, and, and worked his right. way back up the leaderboard. But like – from what I saw from Harris, like the eye test, he, his game didn't look in a good place. Like his ball striking, it looked like he was battling things, which like sometimes these guys just miss cuts and it's like it's an off week. It it, it seems like something's not quite working right. So yeah. whether like I have rid, ridden the Harris English wave down, whether you want to want to wait on him before you get back on or if you want to, you know, you, you think that it's going to be a quicker turnaround. That's up to you know. Yeah, I, everyone I, else. Yeah, I, I, I don't know yet what I'm gonna do. I, I'm I'm losing faith myself. It's I feel like I'm on the wait. I'm too. like in the sit and wait right now. That's how I kind of feel. Just being burned a couple times, right? Yeah. All right, Craig. Moving up, stock up. So moving up, I feel like this guy. So we do our daily showdowns. This guy is a prominent feature of it this week. Uh, I think me and Adam could talk about this guy every day. And I love and this guy. Able- <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so Louis Oosthuizen, um, go sweet, so sweet coming, Louis. <laughs> coming into Sunday today, where you know he did he shot an even par seventy one. It was not his best day out there, um, but he had. What it would have been seven rounds at TPC Scottsdale in yeah. uh, in competition, uh, and his average had been like sixty seven. Uh, he was third here the one time he had started uh, previous to this year, and he had just come out and just absolutely torched it his first three days. I think um, the sixty three on Saturday would have moved him into sixty six average somewhere. Around sixty seven, right? I, yeah, probably back to sixty seven now yeah, with his yeah. stumbling seventy one there. But uh, I mean, to me, it's just it's a stock up because we see Louis so little compared to a lot of other golfers that like if he's going to a tournament, I'm going to take seriously his chance of contending. That that's sort of what it does to me in terms of of, of a forward looking um, stock on on Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah, I love Louis. Yeah. I mean, I, I cheer for Louie, so like to see him play well. How old? 30, 38 years old. Hut on uh, on fifteen that he didn't drop. That it looked like like there was a point where he still had momentum. I think he was at sixteen at the time. Oh uh, no, he may not have been at sixteen, but he he was still relevant in the tournament, and it didn't drop. And then it just felt like he didn't. I don't even think he made the broadcast after that. Um, so Louis yeah, four, has four bogeys on the back nine. Yeah. He has the coveted runner up at every major championship. And after he did that, he sent out that tweet of him, like lip syncing that rise up song. I sent yeah. that out again this weekend, man. Every time I watch that video, it just like, it makes me, cr- it's so funny. He's such a funny guy. I don't know. I, I love Louis. This well, the thing I love about him too, is that like, apparently he just like, he loves 
things other than playing golf like taking care of his farm and driving his tractors around I think is what they say and so like he just he plays golf because that's what he has to do to live the life that he wants which is just so funny to me I do like that yeah um moving down moving down stock down this is going to make Adam happy because as 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 you may know our policy is you can't go stock down on someone you had in one and done yeah Stock down on Daniel Berger. Um, Adam, maybe I'll, I'll let you take it away as to how he ended up missing the cut. I mean, I, I feel like I don't want to talk too much about it because I'll get riled up again. Um, just, just tell me the actual mechanic of was, how, how he missed. He was on the 14th tee on Friday, and all he needed to do was go plus one into the clubhouse to make the weekend. That includes 15, which is an under par hole, 16, which is barely under par, but it's a gettable, it's, an, it's a birdie. 17 is an under par hole, and 18 is an under par hole. He only needed well, to go... I would, say, I, would say, I would say the par 5 and 17 are clear birdie yes, holes. Yes, yes. And then and 16 but and 18 maybe are just plain... But they're not par. bogey holes. They're not threatening in any way. Yeah. He just needed to get in plus one from where he was on 14T. That's that's me setting the stage. <laughs> oh, so you're not gonna so then uh I don't have it. He in did front not of, so do he, that, I believe. <laughs> was on yeah, he did not do that essentially. He managed to go plus uh, two over over that stretch. Um it was not pretty. He missed the cut. Uh I also had pretty decent exposure to him in DFS, so it sunk quite a few of my lineups. Fortunately, I had enough squeak through and, and get a cash a positive for me on the week, but uh, sounds like it really sewered your whole week. Um, Berger, and this is sort of what stands out from what you were saying to me, is that Berger, over the past six months, like since the restart, he was the hottest player yes. for a while yes. until DJ yep. decided to go full DJ. Um, but if he's going to be a top 20 player, say, or even a top 15 yep, type, yep. he needs to, like, he needs to show up in these kinds of tournaments. Well, you yeah. Know, like I, you can't, you can't limp. It's just too much of a Ricky Fowler to miss a cut there. If you're a top 15 um, player in the world, you need to make the weekend and creep into the top 10 like yeah, Rory yeah. did. Like, that. that's how you continue to stay top 15 in the world. Or you know who else was in a very, very similar situation was Bubba. Like Bubba totally. was outside yes. the cut line, yeah. got in there, and then he ended up with a top 20 finish, I think, mm-hmm. um, because he just played better on the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like we just – yeah, we need to see a little bit little bit, little bit, bit more from you there, Daniel. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really have anything to say. No, he's a guy – I like I want to cheer for Berger, you know, but he just seems to kind of make it hard. <laughs> I don't. I, I, and backed, I I've backed him a few times, and I'm like, yeah, he's right there. Just, just make a few birdies, like make a push, and he's like, he just doesn't, and just, oh, come on, Berger. I, yeah, I, I can't really quite explain why he got me so rattled. I think it's because I had six of six through until it's because I also had a one and done on a top fifteen player, and it's my first miss. You feel like you're using your yeah, your, I, I wasted the big it. gun here. Like he, he he has a legit chance to win this season, um, and to miss a cut on a caliber player like that. He, he throws. He throws it. I'm such. A, I have such a steep golf swing. He throws it back like a baseball. It kind of throws with my head a little bit. And I it's don't not. Know. It's not missing. You know, it's not a player like him missing a cut at a stacked field. Yeah. Major. You know, it's it's at a field that he really should go out there and and do something in. And it was. It's like the safe one. Like okay, mm-hmm. all right, I'm mm-hmm. gonna get a paycheck out of this at least. And didn't happen. 
Well, I feel so bad for the person leading our one and done that this has happened to you. <laughs> Move on, right? Trust the process. Move, look ahead. Okay, my stock up, Matthew Neesmith. He finished T7, 16 under. Um, battled back from a bad triple bogey on Friday. I believe it was on 18. Uh, it, round one leader. Round one leader. Bad, bad triple bogey on 18 on Friday. He shot 68, 66. So really nice bounce back on the weekend. Uh, I feel like he's been playing, or he's had really good ball striking as of late. Not necessarily finishes. I think uh, looking at stats and using their model, Craig has like he's he's been popping because of his ball striking. But really good finish. His best finish since the 2020 Puerto Rico Open. Clearly much better field here. Um, so yeah, really good finish and and through adversity as well. I think with a with a big number. Yeah, I think the thing that's tough for me, I don't know if you saw me tweet it out, but he's been a very hard person to figure out yeah. because he'll, he just, he has weeks where he blows up and he's not even close to the cut line. Yeah. Um, but then he'll have top tens. And so what did he end up here? He was uh, T7, low, low T7. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, no, gr- good week. Um, I wish I would have had him in my lineups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, moving down, Doc Redman. And I... I kind of feel like we he's been on the list this season, but I look back at last podcast, he wasn't on it, so he made the list. Um, he had a great fall with two top fives, and he's kind of been My on My boy. Our, your boy. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Your boy. Uh, two top fives in the fall. Last five events, he's missed three cuts, and the other two, he finished 70th and 61st. So, he, I mean, he's just flat out not playing well. Um, but he... So I'm going to go, it's a, it's a stock down, but maybe this is why you want to buy the stock right now. There's hope. So he missed a cut on the number at two under. He gained an average of 2.33 strokes T to green in two days. So his ball striking was really good. He lost 2.5 on the greens. So he lost that all back on the greens. Um, it, it, the putting was the third worst in the tournament. And then in two weeks, I believe if he's in the field, he returns to Riviera where he won his 2017 USM. So... Good ball striking, potentially uh, a course that can kind of kick him in the right direction. So it's a stock, it's a stock down, but maybe hey, put this on your radar. Put this, put this on your watch list, Doc Redman. Yeah, uh, he was one of my sleepers, uh, and I said it, it's sort of like trying to catch a falling knife right now because yes, yeah. his stock is his stock is falling, and I am you know my my justification was I I'm going to try I'm going to take the risk of trying to be early on him uh because I just think he has the game to you know similar to what we were saying about Ortiz that if, if he does make a cut I think he has the ability to move up leaderboards and get high finishes well, it's not his... like he's just going to miss it or you know make a cut and be a 30th finish um and so I will I'll have to look at at the plays for the you know the week coming up and and the week after that but I still may just because of the upside yeah. I still may buy in um but his price has been shoved down low it's definitely taking a hit yeah and it, and don't you feel like too that with the guys that are such good ball strikers like that and are losing put, or losing shots on the green with their putter that you're just like I know you can do it, man. You can turn it around. Just you, this is going to be well, the week. It feels like such an easier turnaround than someone that's like yeah. not a good ball striker, but exactly. they've been skating by with really good putting weeks. And yeah. Kevin, that sounds like someone who rostered uh, Hideki on a one and done. Yeah, well, right there. Craig, and I, Craig and I rostered Corey Connors and Hideki this week. So. That sounds like yeah. someone that's been watching a Hideki shot tracker for four days. Yeah, I have. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
Okay, moving on. It's time for our Sunday Soapbox segment. Usually we kick this off with Craig's Good, Bad, uh, good, bad and Ugly. We're going to scratch that this week. We've had some big issues in golf. So Craig, I think, is just going to hop on the Sunday Soapbox and give it to us. So Craig, what do you got? Yeah, well, I, I don't want to, you know, sometimes I get up here and I rant. Uh, I don't want to do that necessarily this week because I, I think to me this is more just a conversation that is being had. And this is, this is uh, I can see Kevin smirking over there if you're, if you're just <laughs> listening to us. Um, this is, so, so the debate, uh, the, the distance debate is heating up again. Um, the, the USGA put out, uh, you know, a, a, essentially a shot across the bow of the uh, manufacturers that they're going to start looking at. There's areas of interest where they're going to be doing research on potential changes to come. Uh, and then there's specifically, there's a few of the, the testing, um, the equipment testing tests, I guess. Right. <laughs> the <equipment laughs> right. tests that they um, they're looking at, at slightly tweaking those to, to change the, the parameters of them a bit. Um, but really what this has done is it's just sort of reinvigorated the distance debate in the golf world. Um, and I think uh, I am probably in the minority view that it seems like like essentially we're moving towards bifurcation. Um, and I I think I am... So explain that. Explain that. Golf, so bifurcation is essentially where we're going to, you know, us all, even though I don't think any of us have enough money to have this super game boosting equipment right now, um, <laughs> or at least we don't spend that money on golf. Um, but but essentially, everyone out there who plays golf can continue using the equipment that we have been using. But for pros, they're going to potentially right. um, reduce, you know, how the the technical the technological capabilities of right. Clubs right. and and or balls, um, so that they can't get as much distance, or they they potentially have if they are going to get as much distance, it's potentially going to have you know less forgiveness. Um, right. But so so bifurcation is something that has been opposed for a long time because one of the appeals of golf is that you know we're we're doing the same things that the pros are doing. Um, but it, it seems like for the first time that bifurcation is is what we're going to be moving towards. Uh, and it seems like golf Twitter and, and the golf media generally seems to be on board with this. And I'm in the minority where I don't think it is. What do you think is your the solution? What do you think? Like, what is... Well, I have a... like. I think that um, Kevin Smirk is be, growing. It's kind of like the Grinch right now, curling over a little so, bit. So I was trying to explain this to Kevin because Kevin and I have been talking about this for a few days. Uh, to me, and, and you may not get this because we're you on watch. opposite sides of this. We are we are on opposite sides. So Kevin, I'm giving Kevin will come his, in here his... in a sec. But to me, it's it's sort of like Formula One, and like essentially, we're saying that if you don't know formula one that they they have these tracks they go to and you know some of the tracks they've been going to forever some tracks are newer that have been built as these cars get faster and whatnot some of these tracks are like actually in cities and they race like in monaco they race on cities and no one likes the monaco race like it's it's pretty garbage because you can't pass anywhere it's just like it's a big huge glamour show um it's like you know it's like going to the Cannes film festival but it's a race um right but uh, requires precision. I will it say. requires precision. But essentially, to me, it's like saying that we should change the Formula One car to make sure we can continue going to these tracks that we have gone to for years. Like that's not that's not what they do. They they if if tracks become out of you know no longer capable of handling the technology and what people are doing driving the car, then 
they, they move to other better tracks that can handle modern speed. And to me, that's what we need to do with golf. Like the, a lot of these golf courses, the, the real problem is some of these classic golden I, age golf courses okay. are not set up to handle the modern pro game. Okay. And, so and I, I want to, I want to stop you there because I, I think I heard that. I want to put you on the spot because uh, I saw that in the group message come through. What, what, like, do you have courses in mind or is the courses talked about um, that would be obsolete or are come becoming obsolete? I don't off the top of my head. I mean, Marion is one that gets a lot of press because it's short. Uh, but it, I mean, it's held the U.S. Open uh, that Justin Rose won. I want right. to say it was 2012, 2013, 2014, right. somewhere around then. Um, but it, it, think of your classic, uh, you know, parkland golf courses in the USA that are, uh, you know, in either in cities or, you know, right. centrally located. So they cannot expand um, and and ha- handle the modern distance but to, to me you know we saw we saw it this week like the the pro game there is enough risk reward if you have the right layouts like watching those balls go in the water if people are missing fairways and how big so think about xander's drive on 15 and how how much that bomb when speed had just pulled it left in the water how huge of a drive that was like distance isn't the problem. The problem is we want to play on courses that don't have the proper risk reward. So, you know, you get USGA setting up the US Open so that the the smartest way to play it was for Bryson to go out there and smash, smash as hard it. as he could. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's about course setup and course architecture. And those are, to me, we like pro golf is such a small, we need such a small pool of golf courses to be able to handle it. Yeah. But we, we go big and we make like, we make and adapt. Like there's very few courses that we're going to lose. So if we need to, we right, make right. some courses and we hype, hype them up and we make these huge new courses for the pros to play. And it becomes, you know, instead of it being something where we have to, to, put a regulator on how fast the car can go. We're actually like, Oh, Hey, no, let's make a, let's make a track that can handle this speed. And, and it'll be super exciting to watch the fastest cars in the world go around it. So to, to summarize, if, I, if I'm getting this right, you, you don't think that there's a problem with the continuing evolution of the equipment. Um, and you think that there's clever adjustments that can be made in setup or, or modifications or to courses. Building- New, yeah, not necessarily I mean, I, courses building just i mean well, we have there's, enough there's tons of courses that doesn't that don't value distance like distance is valued very differently at different courses like we see it you know harbor town's a good example um you don't see the longest hitters oftentimes they don't even go to those tournaments because they know that they're not the best places for them to try to go win whereas right. a guy like webb he's going to go there and he's going to be competitive or you know uh, who was it that uh Neiman was in that one. Answer was in that one. A lot of the guys right, who, right. Um, you know, they're, they're precision, precision accuracy. Yeah. Um, so we already have decent variation. Um, if we need to, yeah, we, we, we adapt or we build some, a few courses for the pro game. And to me, it just, it, it just makes so much more sense than changing some of the things that have uh, been, like the yeah. commonality between me and Rory be using the same equipment and him like doing these amazing things. Like it's just, it takes away from that a little bit. If it's like, well, like that 
290-yard shot he just hit is like me hitting a 330-yard shot. Right, and now right, right, it right. So that it, like, it just doesn't have the same cachet. Okay, Kevin, uh, you've been patient on the sidelines here. So you have you guys have talked offline. I, I haven't been privy to all of it. What What's your take on this? Well, I, I just don't agree, quite frankly, with Craig's take. I think that, truthfully, I think that they're – behind on this and that they is kind of like trying to put toothpaste back in the tube. Um, I think that they should have started this years ago, but I think that the equipment has gotten, they just continue to push the line more and more and more. Um, and I think it's at the point now where they can't even really regulate it. Like these guys hit these clubs with such unbelievable swing speed and, um, the club, the the drive. Let's talk about the driver. The driver has like the face of it has gotten better and better and more springy to the point where they've had to limit it. But they test them, and but it's always ra- been limited. They they test them randomly, and then these guys just smash it time and time and time again, and they don't test them again. They just and it's been it's known that these clubs get springier and springier as it, so they're essentially playing with clubs that aren't regulation to begin with. Um, but they, they will always, if they don't stop it at some point, they're always just going to keep pushing the envelope more and more and more and more. And like Mm -hmm. I say, I think Mm -hmm. they should have already done it, but here we are. So, um, ultimately I think that they've made clubs that are easier to hit. Um, they're easy, they're more forgiving. Yeah. And so they don't have as much dispersion. You're the type of golfer you have now that is elite is more and more becoming the same type of player. I know there's there's outliers to for that, sure. but yeah. for the yeah, most yeah. part, we're talking like obviously guys who are physically fit are going to have advantages in most sports. But do you think that's um, because your games. your guy changed the game a little bit and everyone copied yeah, that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But so, but now they've along and with just to be clear, your guy is not like one of Kevin's buddies. They're talking about Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, a one way buddy but friendship Tiger, type. <laughs> Tiger grew up when Tiger was coming on the scene too. He was. Like it, his swing was shocking with how yeah. hard, how fast he swung, Violent. how aggressively he swung. But he was doing that originally with like old equipment. And then he like transitioned as things got, you know, it was 2003, I think, is when titanium drivers kind of came out. But as it's evolved, these with these driver heads getting bigger and more forgiving that the, the type of of player that's that's successful and that is is reaching the elite levels are these guys that they just swing. Like you have to just swing it like shit and go find it pretty much. And it's the guys who can control it the best. that are going to be the ones that are more successful, but ultimately it's just become like swing as hard. Like they now tell, they're teaching kids just swing it as hard as you can. And then, you know, figure it out, like figure out how we're going to, yeah we're going to get accuracy and, and your short game and everything. But the thing they're teaching them is just swing the shit out of it, which to me is kind of, it goes against sort of the way I think golf should be played a little bit. Like, yeah, you can, that can be part of it, but it doesn't have to be the whole thing. And I also think that, um, that by, (laughs) there are ways to, yeah, to make like bigger courses and, um, I guess change existing courses if you continue to like push the envelope because that's what they're going to do is continue to push the envelope. But at what cost? Like what what's wrong with what we have? It's it's just that why do we have to keep getting equipment that can just hit it further? Like what's the point? But if, but so 
the what's why wrong with we, what we have, we have is we... is is the argument I'm making. Like they're so, trying to institute a change. Okay, I've I've well, played well, moderator we... here for a second. I want to get I want to get in here. I want to join I, the I, fun I think, here. Let excuse me, moderator. I think I get a rebuttal. Tag tag me in. Tag me in. Listen, you you had much longer than me. Tag me in. Okay, so, so you sound like Trump and Biden. Like, do, do, do I get the time back? <laughs> Okay, so I don't know the specifications of golf right now, but I don't think there's much of a problem. In every sport, you have limitations on the equipment. In hockey, your your bend on your stick has to be a certain bend. You can't go over that. On track, your spikes can't go over a certain length. Football, we know deflate gate. You need to have, like, there's all these things that <laughs> you need to stay within. And I think right now, and I, and I don't, I'm not a golf historian that knows the history of the evolution of the equipment and where it is now, but I don't think there's necessarily a problem with where it is right now. And I don't know how much different it's going to get. Yes, people are swinging extremely violently and they are getting some wins. We've seen that with Bryson. We've seen that with other people. But I would also argue that the they that hasn't proven to be a long longevity to you having the best golf career. If we look at a Louis Ousey's and if we look at a Dustin Johnson, they're actually smooth swings that you can have for a long, long time. So I don't think, I think this is a moment in golf history where people are doing that, but it's not necessarily the best way to get as many wins or have the best golf career. And, and I think that's something actually, that's a good point that is not um, brought up. So, so think about the Tiger documentary, and uh, you know, I, I heard people saying that like if he wouldn't have made, had such a violent swing, we'd be talking about a guy with twenty five majors because all of this time he's lost due to injury, it, it would you know his his the other aspects of his game were so good that he didn't need to be that that so, elite as a ball yeah, striker. He didn't. He didn't. The whole but, like Tiger led the tour and distance most years. He didn't need to. He was good enough in other areas that. That was just, but, but he, he, he could did. also swing it the best. He did. But, but, and so so I guess that that transitions into, I think the problem with, you know, the, the argument being that every golfer is the same is that every other, like like the, the deviation, the standard deviation of putting and of short game and of uh, approach game, those are all shrinking. Like the, the, the range from the best pros to the worst pros, like essentially they're reaching points of like everyone is getting so good at putting and so good with their short game that there's not a huge variation. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you'd have people who were like, like, it's just, there was, a, there wasn't as much professionalism, I don't think in golf where this was something people were doing to make tens of millions of dollars over the course of their career. So Even yes, talking about working, grind. working out is a new concept as a golf Fitness athlete is what, yeah, totally. fitness was something that wasn't thought about so to me it's just and you know to me i i don't think the game is broken right now and that's that's the thing that i see presented a lot is that the game is broken and we need to fix it and and the biggest problem i have is that we're trusting the people to fix it as the usga who's like they have not been good at setting up courses they've not like the usga has has so many times that they've tried to do something and the unintended consequences have led to such like crazy you know, greens rough that crazy like, greens or yeah. or like actually instead of allowing accuracy to matter it's made it matter less because they made fairways so narrow and the rough so long that it, you know no one is is really um yeah. taking even rough, the short accurate hitters aren't taking advantage stupid. of that 
roughly. I, I totally agree. Yeah. But to me, so, so I guess the last thing, um, when I was looking through the the distance reports, they they talk about how it's not like one of the big things is that the strokes gain um, detriment the the penalty that you get for hitting into rough or fairway bunkers is less than it used to be. And I think one of the big problems they have right now is that rough, like to me, good rough is inconsistent and like, like difficult because you might be next to like a bunch grass that then has a little gap in between. And like, it's not this perfectly, um, you know, perfect field of raised grass that is totally, um, yeah. perfect yeah. and it's and like usually, cultivated fertilized yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah to me it's we met we need to manage golf courses in a way that is not necessarily a perfect everything is a perfect surface and this happens to be a four inch perfect surface that will hold most golf balls up and so it's not sinking like see but that but what you're saying is like like rough came about as a measure to try to rein in distance but like I that, think, that oftentimes I, I think it's like, I agree with you that me, I, it, it has been that wrong. Water hazard, like that is a good way to battle distance. Who, sorry, who? Came who, Craig? The, the water. water. Oh, like, water. Think yeah, about, yeah. Think about um, you know, Spieth uh, hitting into both 17 today and also on uh, on 15. Like like those drives, accuracy matters on those drives. So like, so I I think part of it too is that like with within the the distance report it like i i'm getting more into equipment in general too like all the equipment has improved you know that the clubs have improved the the drivers have obviously gotten bigger and bigger more and more forgiving i think the the grooves were allowed to change on irons and wedges so that these guys right. can get, generate way more spin and control as as opposed to like the the era of like the 80s and 90s those guys were playing with completely different completely different grooves at one point i don't know when it was but they changed the what was allowed for grooves and it completely changed the way guys could like hold greens and things like that um the golf balls changed tremendously over the past yeah. 20 years especially yeah so i feel like golf is getting it feels to me like golf is getting a little bit too um like i hit this club 145 yards and so that's what I need right now is to just make this 145 yard swing. It's it's getting very technical. I launch it at this angle and I can generate this much spin on it. It it, it seems like it's losing feel and becoming just more of like a a, a scientific endeavor, which it, it just doesn't have the same magic to me. Like I I like to. I, I, I have, you, have be... you seen Dustin Johnson see ball hit ball? No, yeah, like Kevin, awesome. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying, and I think, um, like, yeah, I think there's truth to that. I think our entire world has uh, changed with technology, and these trackmans have affected golf or whatever. An well, it's analytics. Like it is analytics. For these sure. guys, these guys, pro golfers employ analysts to to help come and, up with the best strategy like and, it, and it, it is what it is and i understand that it, it leads to more success for them but it doesn't lead for to a more like but, fulfilling but, but i i, 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 I don't, don't think that is changing through bifurcation like but I, to I, me I, analytics is part of golf and that's it's part of every sport now um and, and changing the equipment is not going to change that i see see what my argument would be is that the art 
has not left golf. I think there is still a great deal of creativity and art. We look at possibly the best driver on the planet is Rory, and his struggles, I think, have clearly been shown from 125 to about 50. Like, he has a hard time where he's cutting it off because that is a field. You need to feel it. It is, yeah, Bryson has his whole clock system. And he that's where he's really weak in the game. So these guys that are good there, they, they thrive and they win other tournaments. So that, my, that's where I like kind of get caught up in the middle of this is I don't think that it's golf is in a bad spot right now. I think Bryson is going to the extreme. But let's see what – let's get a good sample size of what Bryson does here before we make any radical kind of – sweeping changes I, I think at least they need to they need to put a stop to like the the everything they the equipment d- doesn't need to keep pushing the limits i don't think let's but, just but, look, at, know, it, the, let's, the let's look at it this way is... let's just look at it this way and i and i i know that this conversation is mainly for like the elite of the elite and like the bifurcation debate it you know i agree with a lot of what rory said about how we need to make the game more approachable for everybody and why are we t- taking away equipment that you know people mm-hmm. enjoy going on hitting if you're at like we don't play it at you know if they were to build a brand new one of these you know f1 tracks you're talking about craig like if they're a big ballpark for these guys like not we don't play those kind of courses anyways right typically so let's say we go to a, a you know a country club that's been or whatever a muni that's been around forever and adam here who can't get off the tee has just bought the latest like tailor-made sim driver like that becomes a liability to the that golf course like, wait the, adam adam can that i'm gonna wait adam, for wait, why because i'm, I'm chasing the course no, record no, or the homes adam yeah it was it was a liability always but all of a sudden adam who can like the guy can freaking create club head speed and that's the problem he can't control it all of a sudden he's got this missile launcher in his hand and like the but, guy but four fairways saying, over is in trouble these these drivers are too easy to control and you want them to be you want the, the dispersion the patterns pros, to be wider for the pros yes but i'm so i'm bringing it back to the to the everyday golfer like it does create problems at, at courses like Kevin, it's not i it's feel not like i feel like good. you're DJ on the tee and I'm the marshal that just got hit in the back, man. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't see it coming. I think uh, you know what there anyway, might be a part. There just, might be a part what? two of this, but I, I realized I, I, I realized it's a conversation that, that's going to continue. Like a, yeah. yeah, and and, and I realized so, earlier so the, the week thing that Kev, I I would say I I I think that if this is a road that they're going to go down, and I, I think the the argument that I can be convinced the most by is that there's golf courses that we want to continue to play big tournaments at, and there's just for logistical sustainability for all the reasons they can't get longer or they can't you know you you can't protect them anymore um to me that's where okay so you introduce a, a secondary so you have like the the a standard for golf balls and then you have a second standard for golf balls and maybe it goes you know you find a number maybe it's 10 percent less distance or whatever whatever the percent has to be and and you use that you use this local rule and you use that ball and and i'm not saying it's a single ball that everyone uses saying i'm saying like all the companies will come out with this secondary ball and and they'll all compete for sales of that as well but um it's just like i think as much as possible we we keep it so that there is it's not like bifurcation happens across the pro tour everywhere. Cause there's all these courses we don't need it to happen. So yeah. to me, to me, you limit it to the cases where, okay, we want to continue to play this golf course. Okay. We use, we use the B ball here and, and that's that. And. Okay. Yeah. I, 
I think, well, that's a whole nother thing. I think we got to call it there. I think all three of us probably want to have the last word and that can be bad for a podcast. So let's call it there. We laid the groundwork. We laid the foundation. We'll probably address this and build on it in a future episode. But we got to, we got to. Sometimes the fact that we're brothers works against us. (laughs) Much like my DFS, we got to, we got to plow ahead and move on. (laughs) Trust the process. Trust the process. Kevin, what else have we got on the golf world? Um, (laughs) Or is that, are we calling it for a week? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um no I, I guess i don't have much it's i'm biting my tongue <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. so, so, Kev, take take another 30 second or like if there's one last thing you want to say then wood bats wood bat have you, have you, look up the dead ball era see how that how well that wood works bats. for professional you know baseball wood bats. i i uh, don't think it's Pictures are going to die if you keep using these aluminum bats. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. okay. Let's call it there. Uh, next week, we got a quarter week. Euro is off. I think LPGA is off as well. Uh, we got the AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, no Pro-Am. I haven't actually... Just pro. <laughs> just the Pro. We're down from three courses to two courses. That's about as much as I know for 2021. Do you guys have anything well, to add? For- who's the, do you know who the defending champ is? Uh, Canadian... Nick-, Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, just, yeah, we'll see if you can go out there and defend. I think we got DJ. I think we got Phil. I think we got a couple other big names. So it should be another good tournament. So random, random thing I was looking up recently. Phil is not currently qualified for the U.S. Open, correct? That, isn't it like once you get six second places that you are lifetime? <laughs> so, so, so I was looking at this and they, they do have something, uh, a special exemption that has been used in the past for like when other greats of the game, like it, I, I forget exactly who, but like Arnold Palmer has been given this. Um, I'll mm. say Hal Sutton, maybe Hale Irwin, uh, like a lot of these guys just for whatever reason, when they've, they've been at the point of their career for the, the, the they don't qualify. Um, Retief Goosen recently. Do you guys think if Phil is not in the U S open, would you like to see him get a special exemption in? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I think I, I would want to see it. <laughs> okay, I don't... As long as they don't put him on feature groups, so I don't know how that pertains to this week. So it's a waste much. of a slot. Uh, Adam brought up Phil, and I had just been reading about this earlier. Yeah. He's ruined the game with his bombs. He's got it. we got to dial it back for Phil. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, let's call it there. Thank you everybody for listening and tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. We really would appreciate it. And leave a review. Oh, do we have a shout-out? I don't think we have a shout-out. Oh, we, we will have a shout-out for you. There was someone on Twitter that we told them we'd give them a shout-out, and we didn't give them a shout-out. But we'll get you next you week. Gotta, you got to leave a review. So leave a review. Um, I don't know how to tap into all the reviews. I just look at the Apple ones. But leave a review there, and we will <laughs> give you... you are, I haven't forgotten about you. I'll make sure you get your shout-out. <laughs> yeah. Leave a review. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And tune to us next week and for Pebble Beach content. Thanks, everyone. Take yeah, care. Take, see you guys next time.